Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And in my most recent podcast, middle of it, in the middle, uh, toward the start, in the middle, um, I came to a realization that spawned this podcast. Janeshwi Fargus, you might have been a Janeshwi Fargus. You might be a fan of his. You might be happy that he got, he was designated for assignment, whichever, whatever. The concept of the, the, the blooming of this podcast is Fargus was designated for assignment because his at-bats were going to be completely vaporized because Michael Hermosillo had arrived. Michael Hermosillo, well, Fargus is largely a right-handed hitting platoon guy. He hits lefties rather well, good base runner, can put him anywhere in the outfield and he won't embarrass himself. He's not a bad player. As an outfielder, it's very easy for many teams to find someone who is better than Fargus. Not a knock on him. It's an assessment. With Hermosillo up and good and ready to go, Hermosillo was going to take all of Fargus's at-bats and a whole bunch more, too. Hermosillo might well be a starter for much of the rest of the way. You could definitely see um, Hermosillo, Hap, and Ortega as a regular outfield pairing. Now, it won't be them all the time. Uh, Jason Hayward will get some looks, etc., etc., etc. But to a large extent, one might imagine it will be Hermosillo, Rafael Ortega, and Ian Happ quite often. Again, there will be others, there will be shuffles, there will be days off for people, but to a large extent, Hermosillo vaporized Fargus's playing time. And that's where this podcast starts, and I won't talk about Hermosillo or Ortega or um, Hermosillo from here on, pretty much. One of the popular topics among people following the Cubs minor leagues, particularly people who follow the Cubs minor leagues by looking at statistics only. I'm going to say that again, and I'm going to try to clean it up a little bit. I, uh, one of the things that happens with people who follow the Cubs minor leagues especially people who follow the minor Cubs minor leagues by looking at stats only. That may involve you. That may not involve you. I don't know. One of the things that happens when people follow the minor leagues primarily by looking at stats is they don't pay attention to games. They don't pay attention to games. They don't listen to games. They don't watch games. They don't experience games. They don't hear the announcers walking you through things. 
when people are following the minor leagues, Cubs, Phillies, Giants, Red Sox, Royals, doesn't matter, you're going to get your favorite guys in the pipeline. I really like Owen Casey or Kevin Alcantara or whoever it is. And quite a few Cubs fans want Owen Casey to get bumped up to full season Myrtle Beach right now. Why do people want Owen Casey to get bumped up to Myrtle Beach right now? Well, frankly, because he's hitting really well. He's dominating the Arizona League. And one of the things that Tim will even say, and I'm admitting to admitting to it, when a player is better than a certain level, they should get promoted. When a player is doing better than a certain level, they should get promoted. So, off of that, Owen Casey, who's doing better than the Arizona League, Arizona Compound League, should get promoted to Myrtle Beach or wherever. There's a hiccup with that. There's a hiccup with that. And it ties back to the first portion of the podcast. If Owen Casey is promoted to Myrtle Beach, which I would have zero problems with on the face of it, I have no problems with Owen Casey getting promoted and better challenged. It's not essential that happens this year. There may be still some adjusting that he has to be, that he's probably benefiting from down in Mesa. They might be building some sort of a camaraderie between all the players down there, whatever. They might be doing some sort of, you know, maybe they have a Dungeons and Dragons club that they really like playing that after the, I don't know what it is. But if you're going to promote Owen Casey from Mesa, to Myrtle Beach, he's going to vaporize somebody's at-bats. He's going to absolutely vaporize someone's at-bats. And the baseball, the prospect fan who doesn't listen to games is, oh, well, it's no problem. Just send this guy back. Just, Just send this guy back. Well, right now, Myrtle Beach has actually been playing rather well recently. At the start of the year, none of the guys could hit their way out of a paper sack. Whole, bu- whole bunch of the team just could absolutely not hit at the start of the year. Since we're talking about Owen Casey, let's talk about the outfielders. Jordan Wogu was hitting like 130 early. He's hitting really well now. Um, argument could be made he should be promoted to South Bend. I've said it. Um... There might have to be there might have to be a vacancy <coughs> in Tennessee's outfield to move someone up from South Bend to make enough at bats for Wogu to get enough at bats in South Bend. It really gets dicey when you're dealing with actual people. So Wogu, a person could argue, could be promoted. Sierra, Jonathan Sierra, it could be argued, is bordering on deserving a call-up. But the problem is when you're saying, let's promote this guy, let's promote this guy, let's promote that guy. Um, The Cubs 
already promoted Ezekiel Pagan from Mesa to Myrtle Beach. Ezekiel Pagan is fitting in rather well. They have about a four-person um, rotation in the outfield in Myrtle Beach. And usually when I look at the list of the names, I end up forgetting somebody. Oh, geez, how did I forget him? There's about a four- or five-person platoon. Ezekiel Pagan is there. Jordan Wogu is there. He's actually playing center field, which is a bit surprising. I guess you can probably get away with that more in Myrtle Beach than you can a bit higher up the ladder. Um, Jonathan Sierra. Uh, oh, oh yeah, Yohindrik Piango. Yohindrik Piango, if you're bringing up Owen Casey, who, who, do you want, who do you want to send down? Who's the guy that, no, you are getting too much playing time. You should have your playing time evaporated, diminished, eliminated, eradicated. The fifth outfielder is the guy that I'm starting, or th that I'm going with for the rest of the way. If a person says, well, I want to do something, call up Owen Casey, but I don't want to do it. How, how about we send down the fifth outfielder? How about we send down the fifth outfielder Jacob Wetzel. Wetzel was a non-drafted free agent in 2020. Where was he from? They draft so many guys from Old Dominion or Coastal Carolina. It might, might well be one of those. Um, 52 walks. No, 32 walks, 59 strikeouts, 6 home runs, 231 batting average, 353 OPS, 693, uh, five, try that again, 231 batting average, 353 on base, OPS of 693. Jacob Wetzel is exactly where he belongs. Saying, oh no, Jacob Wetzel, he should go back to Mesa. Why should Jacob Wetzel go back to Mesa? There's absolutely no reason. He has a 693 OPS. In low A. He has a 693 OPS in low A. Possibly next year. Possibly, possibly, possibly. Not saying definitely, possibly. If he develops a little bit of this and a little bit of that and gets a little bit better. Jacob Wetzel might belong in South Bend next year. Jacob Wetzel very possibly might belong in South Bend next year. Why should the Cubs say, nope, you have to go back to Mesa because we want to create room for Owen Casey? Really, with players at the lower levels, it's not that essential. It's not that essential. Casey is doing fantastically well, the Arizona League. On the other hand, on the other hand, if you look at box scores every night, if you look at box scores every night, he has those nights where he's over four with three strikeouts. There are things he's still working on. There are things he's still developing. If there is an advanced pitcher at the rookie league level, it is possible for him to struggle. It's not beyond belief for him to have a bad night or three. Yeah, most of the time, a lot of the pitchers, he's a whole lot more he's a whole lot more ready for the game than they are. So yeah, 
in a vacuum, moving up Owen Casey would be fantastic in a vacuum. The problem is when you are saying, I think the Cubs should promote Owen Casey, you also have to say, what's the other thing? What's the other thing? Who is the guy that you are sending back down? Unless, of course, you're promoting someone. I'm much more in favor of promotions than demotions. If there's a situation where, well, the Cubs have a whole bunch of outfielders now. Janessi Fargus, throw him in at Iowa. Um, perhaps. He might be there in a couple days. But if there ends up being a situation where, for instance, for instance, in a week or so, if Brennan Davis gets promoted from Tennessee to Iowa, Davis from Tennessee to Iowa, now you have a complete vacancy in the Tennessee outfield. Then what you do is you look to South Bend and try to figure out, since we've already moved up Brennan Davis to AAA, who is the most logical call-up from South Bend to Tennessee? Do you call up Jonathan Peralaza, or do you call up Alexander Canario? Now, you can call up either one. There are points for and points against either one. But if you send up Brennan Davis, then you can move over Canario or Perlaza. And yes, I'm moving my hands around as if one place is Des Moines and one place is uh, Kodak, Tennessee, and one place is South Bend. So then, if you subtract a starter from the South Bend outfield, if you do that, then it would very possibly make sense to call up either one or possibly even two outfielders from Myrtle Beach to South Bend. See how you're doing that? If you move over either Perlaza or Canario, they, they play every day. They play every day. Every single day. Lefty, righty, doesn't matter. Piango, Wogu, they are more um, four and a half, five games a week, guys. They're getting a day off because there's a nice little mix of talent that Myrtle Beach wants to get Jacob Wetzel some at-bats. So if the Cubs decide they're going to move Brennan Davis to AAA, and then they decide to move one of their regular outfielders from South Bend to Tennessee... Then they can possibly move Wogu and Piango up to South Bend for just a little look-see, couple weeks, couple three weeks, you know, however much longer the season would go. Now you've cleaned out two guys from the Myrtle Beach rotation. Now you have a rather clear vacancy because let's say it is Piango and Wogu that get the call up. Just for argument's sake, it could be any of the two. But now what you're looking at is the Myrtle Beach outfield is suddenly Wetzel. Um, um, <laughs> I'm going to draw blanks now that I... Uh, but once you have a vacancy for Owen Casey, then you can move him up. You don't move uh, Ezekiel Pagan 
Jacob Wetzel. And who's the blasted other guy that I just mentioned four minutes ago and I've completely forgotten his name. You guys are howling at the computer. That's cool. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate your assistance, but it's not coming through right now. I'll figure it out in a minute or so. But um, it's much more effective. It's much more efficient in a pipeline to promote instead of send, send someone back down. Now, with the, with the case of Jason Santana at the start of the year, he wasn't getting it done. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't hitting. He was kind of taking it out to the field with him a little bit. So he pretty much needed to go back to the Arizona League where he's done far better. It's all good. It's not a problem. But if a player is already doing well, if a player is already doing well, there's no point in sending him back. What would be the upside? Jacob Wetzel would not benefit from going back to Mesa. If you're giving Jacob Wetzel at-bats, people, why are you playing this guy? You should, you, you should be playing Christian Franklin, who's another guy who probably belongs in Myrtle Beach. It's a whole lot more effective. It's a whole lot more efficient. It's a whole lot more logical to try to find ways to promote players, especially this season with the Cubs. This season with the Cubs, really, what difference does it make? If it ends up the Cubs have a let's switch positions, if the Cubs end up having a relief pitcher at the major league level, and he ends up having an ERA of eight and a half for the rest of the season. Really, what's the worry? What's the bother? If he was a guy who was either a keep into 2022 and beyond or let him go, like Adrian Sampson, call him up, give him a look, see how he does, check him out, and decide. Is this guy worth keeping? No, he's not going to be an all-star, most likely. But take advantage of any available time that there is to assess the talent. But when you're doing that, when players at bats, when players' innings pitched get entirely vaporized, there's no reason to keep them around. There's no reason to keep them around. And if a player is doing well at a level, you shouldn't vaporize their at-bats. Don't vaporize the at-bats of a player who's doing well. Jacob Wetzel, 693 OPS at the low A level. I haven't checked to see what the OPS average is. My guess is he's probably a little bit over average. Probably a little bit over average. Now, he's probably not playing against a whole lot of left-handed pitching, which might benefit him a little bit. But Wetzel can do some things. He deserves his full run. So often people who aren't paying attention to games are looking for, I have my pet player. I want a certain thing with my pet player done. And if there's collateral damage for someone else, well then, aw shucks, that's, un that, that's really unfortunate. But they don't mean it. They really don't mean it. The goal should be to give players complete, honest looks for as long as possible.
Oh, and Casey belongs at a higher level. You know that, and I know that. Next year, he'll be in full season ball. Whether he is in Mesa the next, was it three, four weeks? I'm not sure. Whatever, whichever. Whether he's in Mesa the next three or four weeks, or whether he's in Myrtle Beach the next three or four weeks. As far as how he will end up doing in seven years, the next three weeks, I'm shaking my head. Totally insignificant. The next three or four weeks in Owen Casey's career, as far as what he's going to be doing in, you know, five or six years, immaterial. It's really not a case of, well, Owen Casey greatly benefited in 2027 from two weeks he got called a hogwash. Hogwash. He's learning stuff wherever he is. Just like Brennan Davis is learning stuff in AAA. Just like Ben Leeper is learning stuff. Uh, Brennan Davis is learning stuff in AA. Just like Ben Leeper is learning stuff in AAA. Just like Alexander Canario is learning stuff in A-ball, advanced A-ball. It's perfectly legitimate on occasion to promote players. It's perfectly legitimate to challenge players. It's perfectly legitimate to call someone up because more at-bats are now available at that level, promote someone else. For instance, Rafael Morel. Is it time for him to move up from AA to AAA? The argument could be made. The argument could be made, but I don't necessarily know that it would be a good idea to call him up to steal at-bats from a player who has done nothing to lose them. Yeah, sometimes the player that we're end up ending up talking about is, you know, 28, 29, 31 years old, whatever. But realistically, unless a player is completely shredding a league. OPS 1250. That's shredding a league. There's really not a whole lot of need to call him up. Not a whole lot of need. Now, if there's a circumstance where it makes sense, oh, definitely you'll want to. But there's not a compulsion. There's not a need. There's not an absolute necessity to have a player get promoted just because there isn't. There really isn't. Owen Casey to Myrtle Beach is a fun thing to chit-chat about. It's a fun thing to chit-chat about. And at some point, he might get promoted to Myrtle Beach and people will, well, I guess he really was ready for this league. Or, wow, he's going to have to do some adjusting to this new league. You don't know which one it'll be. Because the pitchers at all the levels are good. And they get progressively better as you climb the ladder. Same with the hitters. I'm good with promoting Owen Casey, but not at the extent of punishing someone who's doing well. Punishing a player who is doing well is not smart baseball.
agents talk to their clients. Hey, how's it going? How are they treating you? You feel like you're being valued there. Recently, Steve Cohen, the owner of the New York Mets, commented on the abilities and, I don't know, commitment of some of the players in his organization. He may or may not have been right, but I don't think it earned him a whole lot of good person points with players, agents, etc. Sometimes it's better to let things play out and be way slower at a promotion than you might want to be. Would Owen Casey be learning things in Myrtle Beach now? Yeah, he would. Is he learning things in Mesa? Yeah, he is. So a couple nights ago, I can't remember if it was two or three strikeouts. Alexander Canario had four strikeouts last night. Players develop, and they have those nights where, yeah, if you're putting together a highlights video, this wouldn't be the night that you'd be running the videotape. Promoting players is fine, but if you're going to talk about this player should be promoted, also include who you're sending back the other direction so that you are on record as far as who you think should be being punished. Um, Jacob Wetzel, he's where he belongs. 231. 693 OPS. He's he's exactly where he belongs. I don't know which player everybody would want to get demoted. But cheering or wanting to bring about the demise of a player at a certain level, I don't get it any more than I get DFAs. I really don't. You know, if you can if you can Talk a way through where Owen Casey gets promoted and nobody gets demoted. I'm probably completely there with you. But I don't want to see players like Jacob Wetzel getting punished. Thanks for stopping by. Be safe, be nice to others, and enjoy the rest of your Wednesday.